Well, hey, what's up, guys? My name is Mike Pelleggi, and I am here with the one and only Andrew Fernandez, and uh, this is Matter of Holiness. So what's up, bro? Man, I'm doing good, man. Good to be here. Uh, a little bit of a ways away from my home base. Yeah, dude, you're from... from where, where Where are you coming from? So I'm coming from Coral Gables, Florida. I see you wear, wearing a nice yeah. little U right there on your, your chest. Yeah, I decided to uh, rock the apparel, although I'm up in the uh, 954. I am from the 305. <laughs> and uh, God has been so gracious to allow me to do ministry on campus at the University of Miami uh, for the past few years, serving underneath our local... Florida Baptist Convention, which you uh, are very familiar with. I may, maybe, yeah. very familiar. <laughs> As the director, this is a mouthful here, the director of the Baptist Collegiate Ministries in Miami. I'm going to put that all on the screen, <laughs> see if it fits. There you go. So BCM director is what we go by and uh, really uh, have a heart for reaching college students. Um, there on campus, we kind of have three words we try to use, reach, disciple, mobilize. So reach college students. Wait, wait, wait. What's it? Reach? Reach, disciple, mobilize okay so reach students with the gospel of jesus christ uh-huh. disciple them into a growing relationship with jesus and the local church and we'll talk about that maybe in a bit maybe and then the third part is mobilizing students on campus and beyond so you are very active with college students yeah and um how old are you i am 31 years old okay so you're technically Younger than me, so you have to respect your elders, right? So don't we say that uh, you were my youth pastor at one time? I or? may have been slightly, <laughs> slightly. Though you never once came to youth group, so yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow, uh, many moons ago. So you, um, you have two children, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously one wife, right? Yeah. So that's <laughs> <laughs> I checked. So one wife, Josie. It'll be eight years married in August, and then we have uh, two two children. Our daughter, Amelia, she turns three in July. And our son, AJ, he turns one a week. Uh, actually, this Friday. So From this recording. Yeah, so, so, that's that, a, no, that, yeah, so this, this Friday. He whenever this airs, it'll probably already be in the past. Right. But that's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for what God's doing in your life. And uh, man, I'm, I'm thrilled to be seeing just the fruits of all the hard labor that you've mm-hmm. been putting in. And um, dude, I'm honestly curious. Like, there's a reason why you're here. This is, obviously, we knew that this was going to happen. We knew that you were coming. You work with college students. Yeah. You work with college students who both are non-believers and, obviously, probably the biggest chunk is also believers as well. Yeah. And um, you, obviously, working at UM, there's... and. What do we call it? They're not commuters. They what, what do you call that when, when students are not commuters? What 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 is that? Because they all live on campus. Yeah, they live on campus or uh, yeah. So so you got to see the the college at life. A, and do state. you live on campus too? Yeah, so I still live on campus. Uh, they have to. The, so why do they not kick you out, bro? Like, <laughs> I mean, don't say that because they might. Um, <laughs> but uh, living on campus has definitely been unique. My wife and I we were commuter students here in South Florida. We went to our local state schools. And we never had a taste for living on campus. So we have been living on campus for the past four years since being in this role. And uh, it definitely opens your eyes up to some of the on-campus culture. Um, University of Miami, although it has the title Miami in it, I always say it does not look like Miami. So we're getting a lot of students from out of state, from other places, not only in Florida, but outside of 
mm. Florida and outside of even the country. You're right. I never thought about that. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking of UM as a bunch of Miami students. No, it it's, is not. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. So only uh, only 40% of our, 41% of the students come from in-state. Wow. So 59% are coming from other places. Wow. Mm. Wow. Okay. And so obviously you've seen some people give their lives to Christ yeah. through the ministry that you've been yeah, doing. Yeah, praise God, yeah. And uh, you've been reaching them and uh, discipling them. And what's the third word? Mobilizing. And mobilizing them. Yeah. Dude, I got to ask you the question. What's, uh, what are you seeing? What are, what are the challenges uh, for college students to be faithful yeah. Christians? Especially knowing at the times and, you know, where we're living in and, you know, just, but most importantly, in college. You know, if yeah. you're living on campus. Uh, and and I'm, I'm saying this because the issues that they face I know they're not unique mm-hmm. to, to them per se, because yeah. all of us go through our own faith crises per se, but like we all have our issues, but probably because they live on campus and you get to see more specific yeah. things happening in their life. So what, um, what are you seeing these young people yeah. do to, to be faithful Christians and how are you helping them uh, in that way? Yeah. Yeah. So kind of once again, kind of going back, you know, to kind of the, dual role of both reaching the lost on campus, but also kind of engaging and discipling those who are believers. We're kind of faced with the sin struggles and, and culture problems that we have that we see in our world and our nation. Um, you know, all the sin issues you think <laughs> that there might be in this world are heightened on a college campus, I feel like, yeah. you know, um, but then you also have the subtler ones, right? Like idolatry and academics. And those are things that, especially on an academic campus, like University of Miami, where academic is god um yeah. it's kind I of mean you you got to um you yeah. are you are at the pinnacle right yeah, yeah. you, you. you right so <laughs> and you got to think it's also one of the most expensive universities you know in our state in our nation so oh, yeah. either mom and dad are forking a lot of money to get you down here um you're taking out a lot of student loans to be here or you have a lot of scholarships that you don't want to lose you know so and it's and it's good right you mentioned earlier that you know you have a, a good gpa at, at southern right like i've <laughs> i've i've said that you know i have said that um i mean i do but i know that for me the issue has been especially in seminary right mm-hmm. where you know i'm supposed to be going <laughs> to be a better pastor yeah. to be a, a you know really a, a better shepherd and uh, to to grow theologically and what i found earlier in my uh seminary experience is that I was making the grades my idol, like you're mentioning. And so then I had to, I mean, I still have straight A's, but it was like I was making everything about the seminary experience so much so that I wasn't even reading my Bible on my own time. I wasn't like... You know, when I was in seminary, um, my Christian ethics professor, uh, he he started off by, by kind of telling us, I don't want to lead you all to sin as a professor. Ooh. So he said, if you are sacrificing your family, if you're sacrificing your church, and if you're sacrificing your own relationship with God to get an A in this class, I would rather you get a B. And for me, that was eye-opening. It was actually my first B <laughs> in seminary. There you go. Um, That's an A, B. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it was, it was good for me to hear that. Now, I tried to that same you know, principle, that same truth that was taught to me mm-hmm. um, and tell it to our, our students at UM. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to identity, right? I mean, we're always going to deal on a college campus with people who are struggling with finding their identity. 
in mm. something and someone. It's interesting right? that you say that. I've, I mean, I've talked about this before with Marquis, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is something that we can't, we keep going towards. And is identity. How does that relate to who I am? Yeah. With what I need to do and with who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so then, I guess you know, it's that question. So in college, how do you how do you remain a faithful Christian? Mm-hmm. Where you know you're at an institution where you're supposed to uphold certain grades and your community is also having certain values. Yeah. I want to be a faithful follower of Jesus. But man, it is hard. Yeah. It's hard both personally and interpersonally. Yeah, for sure. Now, I always tell students and this is something that I try to apply for myself. It's, it is so important to prioritize your Christian faith. You know, not only in college, but in every season of life, you know, and how do you do that? Um, I know for me, I'm, I'm kind of a simplistic person. You know, you you stay engaged, right? You stay engaged with the spiritual disciplines. You stay engaged with the local body of Christ, right? The local church. Um, those two things alone will help you. It seems kind of too simple, bro. I mean, <laughs> like really just the spiritual disciplines and uh, going to church and, you know, so, I mean, I agree with you. Right. But I'm sure that people that are here is like, okay, come on, bro. Like I'm doing that, you know. Yeah. I, I'll just say this. Once I had a a young uh, teenager come to, up to me, and uh, we were doing a Q and A at church, and I, I mean, it, it was a topic that I, I'm not going to discuss here. But yeah. the 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 guy asked a question unrelated to the topic, and he said, "How can I be a Christian Buddhist?" And so I know that you're not ready to hear this. Yeah. Like you were like, what, what, yeah. what is this about? Like, so I was just as, that was not even in my comfort. How are you yeah. asking me this? And as I, I allowed the, 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 the person to ask more, it's like, what do you mean? Can I be a Christian Buddhist? Yeah. And it turns out that what he was asking is, I know that, like, I noticed Buddhists, they mm-hmm. have a lot of discipline. Yeah. Like they, they're very, you know, they meditate and they take their faith very seriously. How can I, how can I be like them? And how can I practice what they yeah. practice so that I can be a more faithful Christian? And I was like, oh my goodness, this guy is onto something. He's, he's actually saying this is the truth of all Christians is that we make our faith be this yeah. wishy-washy thing. Right. Or- and in reality, I mean, the, the answer could have been like, we'll just be a christian yeah. right like if you look at if you look at the the new testament church right if you look at you know the early church if you look at even as we look at our you know our church fathers they were that dedicated they were that disciplined right yeah we're the uh, ones that are not we're the ones that make academics yeah our number one priority we make sports our number right. one priority social media family social media yeah. yeah so how do i as a christian how do I do that? Especially in college, how do I do that? Like, yeah. how, how do you see them being able to succeed or maybe a change of mind? Like, do you see them having a, like those aha moments? Yeah, I think it is aha moments. Uh, lots of times where they get to this point and say, wow, it's okay if I get a B, you know, it's okay if I get a B minus or whatever it might be, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, maybe I tell them that sometimes too. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that what BCM stands yeah, for? Right. You got a B or get a C? Come on, man. You know, it's like, is that that's a, a good man. That's a dad joke. Right that is that joke, right? We can, we can say those. Uh, I can laugh at it. Um, but yeah, you know, I think sometimes I tell, I tell people that maybe UM won't like me because I've told students even like, hey, maybe take a season and go to a, a college, right? A, a, community college or a state school and mm-hmm. you know don't pay twenty five thousand dollars a semester to come here and um and struggle but, whatever, but what, you know? what, what if i don't become the doctor that i'm meant to be or what what if i don't become the musician that right, i'm meant to be well if your identity is in 
Christ first, it doesn't matter what comes after that, right? I think when even with your conversation that you might have had with other youth pastors, youth leaders about all these different identities, I think there, we're always going to have these different things, different like ways that we define ourselves, right? I'm a, I'm a father, I'm a husband, yeah. you know, I'm a pastor, but Christian should always come first, okay. right? So that's where I kind of try to get these students where, yes, you are a student and that's super important and we want you to to do things well, right? What does it say in the book of Colossians, right? Whatever you do, do unto the Lord. Um, so we want you to excel and, and do well, um, but not while sacrificing your relationship with Jesus Christ, you know? Okay. So get get into the word. Um, so, But what will you do with a student that says, but my academics, I'm doing them unto the Lord, so I need to have straight A's and if I have to skip church... And that's what I'll do because I, I want to do this unto the Lord. Yeah. I would tell him, like, where does it say that in the Bible? <laughs> you know, like, um, it, obviously, that's not going to be the prescription given to us through God's word to, you know, literally sacrifice your time with him, your time with the saints in order to study a little more. There's nowhere that we see that prescribed. At all. Right. No. Yeah. And instead, we see uh, the author of Hebrews t- telling his audience, hey, like, do not give up yeah. uh, the gathering together. Some of you have grown accustomed to do. Yeah. And um, yeah. No, and I, I love that passage of scripture, um, you know, where you see that at the end of the day, with all the things that the world has to offer you and with all the trials, whether it be sin struggles, whether once again, like, is this, you know, it's tough to tell a student you are sinning by doing good in your classes. Like, Ooh. you know, but, you know, if your confidence, right, what it says in Hebrews, um, was that chapter 11, I believe, right? Um, the Hall of Faith? It's at the end of it, right? What are you talking about specifically? Uh, the, the, do, not, uh, do, not give, do not forsake gathering. Yeah, I, no, I think it's Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, that's right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Hebrews 10. Um, so, you know, you see this confidence that we should have in Jesus, this connection that we should have with the local body of Christ. You know, it's so important. You know, I, I can't stress enough. Like we're, we're also kept as ministry or a college ministry, whatever you want to call us, that we might be a little bit different than some other campus ministries out there. Um, I don't try to bash anything. There's, there's campus ministries that have been doing this way longer than, than we have been doing this. Yeah. There's, you obviously have a different strategy. Right. You have a different way of going about but, it. Like you're but, not Chi yeah. Alpha. You're not um, yeah. uh, crew, university, navigators, FCA. Yeah, right. so, they all they all have their purpose. They all serve right. something. But one thing that we're really big on is that we are not trying to replace the local church. Okay, we're not trying to take students away from the local body well, that's of Christ. Tr- okay, I want to I want to see what. Yeah. How do you do that? Because here's the thing, man. Again, mo- isn't that the challenge? Yeah. You have. You're trying to create, you meet on Tuesday nights. Yeah, Tuesday nights. Okay, so you're asking me to give up my time to go on a Tuesday night mm-hmm. to, to, what do you guys, do you guys sing songs? Yeah, we do a little bit of what well, we do. You know, we always have food component. Right? Okay, there you go. So you have, you got, you got free food. <laughs> you have food, Chick-fil-A, hopefully. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, Chick-fil-A, please sponsor me. Uh, <laughs> uh, you have uh, worship, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do a game? Sometimes, you know, uh, some students like that. You, I always kind of say that college students are really just one step removed from youth group. Let's be it's honest. Like 12 you know? plus. <laughs> yeah, right. They are. Uh, we have nowadays like 17 year olds, 18 year olds, right? Who are True. joining the group. So, you know, having an icebreaker, especially in the beginning of the semester, ones that are kind of intentional with getting to know each other, we'll do that. And then we have worship. Um, then we do go into a time of teaching, right? So we try to be... So you have a message. We have a message. Yeah. How long is your message? I shoot, you know, as every good uh, Baptist pastor, you know, I shoot for 2025. Okay. All right. I go sometimes a little longer. You know, I was told recently that I went talking about fasting 
spiritual discipline, right? College yeah. students need to learn about fasting, the spiritual mm. discipline of fasting. I went like for 40, 45 minutes and students were like, that was great, but you know you went 45 minutes? I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and you have response? Yeah, so we have a time of response uh, via different channels sometimes. You know, how, is that, how is that not church? Yeah. I know how it's that not church, but how yeah. is that not church? Yeah, I mean, so, I'm, a, I'm in college. You're asking me to spend all this time. Yeah. That's what I experienced on a Sunday yeah. morning. These are my peers. These are my people. Yeah. How is that not church? Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to give a two-part answer. In one case, we can say this is still an expression of the church. Oh, right? okay. Knowing that you know, we are a gathering body of believers. You know, um, the church does not only happen on Sunday mornings at, you know, Peter's Road Baptist Church or whatever. Fit in the blank. I'm going to use your church as, a, as an example. Yeah, there you go. Um, so we are still called to be like the universal church, even on campus, right? Mm. But we're not multi-generational. We're not, you know, always multicultural. We're not always, so we're not trying to replace everything that the church has to offer but, but there are churches that are not multi-generational and yeah. there are churches that are not multicultural yeah. yeah so why is tuesday night not church why why can't i just say but this is my church uh this is it you know yeah. like why why is it and well, i know you don't do baptisms right so we don't so we don't do um the ordinances at bcm uh we don't do baptism we don't do lord's supper uh we once again, kind of encourage students be a part of a local body of Christ while you're here in Miami. You don't do church discipline, I'm assuming, either? We don't do church discipline. Okay. You know, we have a leadership team that we do hold to a certain a standard, standard. Um, but we don't implement discipline, you know, per se, in, in regards to how it's defined in, in the Bible. Um, so we're, we aren't doing everything that church is called to do. Like when you look at, you know, the book of Acts and you look at the different marks of gathering, like we don't collect offerings, you know, okay. Um you know, we're not, because this is funded not by them, by the students. This is funded by Baptist churches, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This ministry is funded by Baptist churches. And, and like, for instance, right now we are going to go on a mission trip. We're taking students overseas to do missions. And we'll do an ask of, you know, hey, if you want to support one of your peers to go overseas, right. you know, if you can give five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever it might be. And just we'll, skip Starbucks once. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're trying to tell them. But, you know, uh, you know, an offering plate being passed around. We're not doing that. You know, once again, we're not doing the ordinances. So there's definitely things that we're not doing intentionally to show students, hey, this isn't this isn't a church, yeah. you know. Um, and that's ultimately to try to bridge that gap between the, the campus and the local church. Now, once again, students, we get students all the time who say BCM is my church, you know, mm. and we have to literally combat that. Um, how do you do that so i preached recently on the local church okay and uh and i i'll use some like some harsh words now every single tuesday whenever we gather we always tell students hey this isn't the church we always talk about our close partner churches especially in that kind of close mileage distance from yeah. the campus um or churches you know maybe who are a little bit farther away but are really intentional with college students and they set up carpools and whatnot so we we try to always announce that but i literally told the students. I love you all and I'll be here for you guys. But in four years, when you graduate or if, whenever you're not, no longer on, on campus, BCM will no longer be here for you. Mm. You know, uh, one time I had a student come up to me who. Dude, he that's was, heavy, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I literally told him, you know, like, and it's kind of like, you know, almost with emotions, maybe with tears, even welling up in my eyes. Uh, but it's the truth of if you don't find what a healthy local body of Christ looks like, during these four years, whenever God calls you 
back home or to wherever state country that you're going to be a doctor, a teacher, a lawyer, whatever it might be. Um, if you do not know what a healthy church looks like, I feel like I have failed. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, um, recently I had a student who was kind of part of BCM ministry. He was always, he was also part of another campus ministry at UM that does try to focus and, and try to operate as a church on campus. And uh, he came to me saying like, hey, you know, I'm graduating soon. I'm going to be moving to the state. And uh, the pastor at the other campus ministry, he asked me, uh, he told me to ask you, do you know of any BCM ministries um, in this state that I'm going to? It was, yeah. it was uh, um, Georgia, Atlanta. Uh-huh. Do you know of any BCM ministries that I can plug into when I get there? And I told him, man, you know, you're going to be out of college. The BCM ministry is not for you anymore. Ooh. Now, praise God, I was able to find some gospel center churches and and point them in the right direction and yeah. he has become a member of a church there in atlanta but the fact that you know somebody was recommending hey just keep on looking for this same expression mm. um even when once you graduate that's where i kind of feel like the tension lies where like yeah. hey they should even know like i i want students who are part of bcm for a semester a year all four years to already know what it looks like to find a healthy church wow. you know because the other thing too is even if you were a christian before you came to to um or to bcm your church back home might not be a healthy church you're right you know um now obviously we're not trying to, to put down any churches um, but it happens i mean it it's, happens, it's, yeah. it's a normal cycle of, yeah. uh, just sometimes people we mm-hmm. are unhealthy and yeah. you know uh, the unhealth of a church is actually longer to treat and more difficult to treat but it's it's yeah. normal it does happen yeah absolutely um, the other thing too is the local church is where all those things are going to take place. So yeah. healthy discipleship, although we are discipling on campus, you know, but healthy discipleship, church discipline, pastoral care. Like I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm an ordained pastor on one hand, but I don't call myself like the BCM pastor. Uh, you know, I'm the BCM director. Yeah, yeah. Um, so students aren't calling me pastor now. I I do pastoral but care. But you are a pastor. You know, I am, I am, yeah. So I'm, I'm caring for them. I'm discipling them, you know, even maybe counseling at sometimes. Yeah. But those things, you know, once the four years are gone, those things are going to be in the church for the rest of their lives, wow. you know. So yeah, yeah. having them experience that, while, experience that while they're here in Miami, I think is huge. So we've been talking about church and why it matters and in college and how you actually try to get your students to, you know, the students that are part of BCM to plug into a local church. But I just really want to go back to this idea of spiritual disciplines. How do they help me solve the issue that I have as a believer yeah. uh, in which I'm exposed to all these issues, all these matters, all these uh, lifestyles and my academic idols? Yeah. How do they help me in my identity in Christ? Yeah. Um, so I want to, I want to, you've been just teaching them through the spiritual disciplines. Yeah. yeah. So I, I literally just did an entire series uh, in the spring semester through the spiritual disciplines. Um, I'll, I'll give a shout out to uh, Dr. Donald, is it S. Whitney? Um, I don't know if the middle <laughs> Donald, name. Donald Whitney. Um, He's his, my man, yeah. yeah his, his book is, is amazing when it comes to spiritual disciplines. So I kind of walked through uh, many of those. Um, you know, I think depending on who you ask, they'll kind of give you a different response on how many mm-hmm. disciplines there are. Um, but, you know, even if you look at the most basic ones right prayer reading the word you know these are things that i think college students they do think that they are basic you know is there enough power in the word of god Mm. to address this issue that i'm going through is there enough power in prayer that i can call out to jesus that he can answer these prayers 
And the answer is yes, right? Of course. <laughs> so, but you have to bring them to that realization, right? Because I think, mm-hmm. I think when you're dealing with these types of issues, it's almost like with sin issues, right? I'm not trying to jump from spiritual disciplines to sin issues, but like when I talk to students, when I'm discipling a student that's you know kind of wrestling with a with a battle, let's call it, you know, sometimes they get to the point where like, man, I was already being tempted in my mind, I was already sinning, so I just gave into it just gave into you know? it because yeah. i'm already sitting anyway right? right and i think no man like no you have a you know today i actually sent somebody first corinthians 10 13 right god gives you an out right yeah. he gives you a way out i had um, a knife in my hand i went ahead and exactly. I just murdered someone yeah. uh so so i think sometimes people when it comes to spiritual disciplines it's like man i've already i already read the bible before i've already you know yeah. prayed enough times but have you really you know studied the word of god mm. as this life-giving um, source of God's own words, you know, have you really called out to God in prayer and desperation and dependency upon him? Um, I think getting to that point of realizing like it's not just this simple, you know, uh, basic thing, like it's the most important thing. Yes, it's baseball. The, the gospel is basic, right? <laughs> but it's what we need to hear day after day, every single moment of our lives. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think uh, since you're shouting out Don Whitney, Dr. Don Whitney, uh, I would say that because uh, I've actually taken a class with him mm-hmm. and uh, my experience with him was transformative for my uh, relationship with God. Yeah. And I took his class two years ago. Yeah. Or So, you know, that's saying a lot. I mean, I've been a Christian since I was 11. And that happened to you as a seminary student. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that, and the same thing happened to me too now. I went to Southeastern, you know, so, uh, uh, but shout yeah, out Dr. Sorry, Chuck Lawless. I'm going to have to clean that chair afterwards. <laughs> shout out to Chuck Lawless. You know, he was the one that used uh, Dr. Whitney's book in, in his discipleship class. And once again, as a seminary student, as somebody who, you know, not trying to to give myself some more brownie points here, but I was a pastor's kid, right? I was a PK. My dad was a pastor, a church planter. I was raised in a Christian household, praise God. Yeah. But it wasn't until early in seminary where I got serious about my own disciplines, you know? So what I what I was going to say about his class that was transformative for me is um, is the fact that he, and it's, he, he talks about it in his book, is discipline for the purpose of godliness. Yes. Uh, the first line in that book, in the first chapter, says, uh, "Discipline without purpose is drudgery." Yeah, and so that idea of if I'm just gonna read the Bible, yeah, because I know I have to read the Bible, yeah, then that's not going to produce yes. what it needs to produce. If yeah. I'm just going to pray because I guess that's what I have to do, then it's not yeah. going to produce what I need to produce. And most times, what he talks about is that people read their Bibles, and I'm just opening up here. A uh, to Psalm eighty nine, for instance, I will sing of the loving kindness of the Lord forever to all generations. Yeah. I will make known your faithfulness with my mouth, for I have said loving kindness will be forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. Right, and so then we have this experience, yeah. this very dull experience with the Bible. Yeah, and he says sometimes we read so much mm-hmm. or so little, but for whatever we'll read x amount of verses. And we'll just read them, and it's like drops of rain yeah. that are not penetrating. Yeah, out of duty. Or, out of, you know, right. Yeah. And so rather than like letting us be soaked in, in, a, in, a, in a, like, like verse 1, I will sing of the loving kindness of yeah. the Lord forever. Yeah. Let that sink in. Mm-hmm. I will sing of the loving kindness, that his love that yeah. does not let me go, of the Lord forever. Yeah. What does that mean forever? It means when I want to, 
and when I don't want to, when I feel good and when yeah. I feel bad, forever I will sing of his loving kindness. And I literally, I just, this was, I just opened, opened my Bible, Bible right yeah. now and I just did that. But the, what a difference in meditating in God's word in such a way yeah. that will produce, and again, for the purpose of godliness. Right. He uses um, 1 Timothy 4, 7, seven right, yeah. as a as kind of his thesis statement yeah. for the entire book, right? Where we should be training ourselves for this purpose of godliness, mm-hmm. right? Um, even how that book, how that, how that verse first starts off with like putting away or not paying attention to like the silly to myths. senseless. Yeah, pointless things, you know? And even that, I think on a college campus is so important, right? Because there's so many things that can distract you from pursuing godliness, mm-hmm. you know? Or the honesty, the honest answer sometimes is, that's not important to me right now. Yeah. Why do I want to be godly when I'm surrounded by godless acts mm. that look, sound, taste, feel so good? You know? You know, and I, I love that you say that because then I was, it, you know, he also talks about, it. there's another book called The Pursuit of Holiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a different author, I, I forget his name right now, but he's, um, for, he's from Navigators. Tosin? No. No, he's from Navigators. Um. He talks, he, he emphasizes Hebrews and how Hebrews basically mentions that uh, we, we all need to strive for holiness. We need to pursue holiness. Yeah. For without it, no one will see God. Yeah. And so it's like, he, he says holiness and something else, but like the, the, for without holiness, no one will see God. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. So to take a step back even, right, of how do you, how do you tell a college student that this is important. I mean, it's a bold statement, right? Without holiness, you will not see God. You know, I think it's first them understanding that because Christ is holy, you have been made holy. Mm. You know, letting that even sink in for a moment of like whether or not you're pursuing it, there has been this regeneration, there has been this justification that's taking place in your life. Yeah. And God has made you holy, mm-hmm. right? Um, in your soul, right? But you should also then be pursuing it. Right. Well, that'll Pursu- be evidence. Right. That's the, you know, this is the, exactly what's going to be the evidence, you know, this process of sanctification, um, you know, so, man, like, it's so, so important. Yeah. You know, for students who say, like, it's not important to me right now, I say, if it's not important to you right now, it's never going to be important it's to you. It's never you going know? to be important. Uh, it wasn't, listen, man, I have been in ministry for I don't know how many years. I have, studied the bible forward and backward yeah. i think i have had a real encounter with god multiple times in yeah. my life in the sense of you know his conviction when i read his word and you know it's um i've preached more times than i can count yeah uh and yet there was something missing in my life and it was the spiritual disciplines i mean i yeah. i would read the bible only for the purpose of preparing a sermon yeah i would read the bible only for the purpose of proving a point and God's word never comes back void. Yeah. But I wasn't reading it for the purpose of godliness. Yeah. And I must admit, that's to my shame. Uh, there is there's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. But to then come to the realization, wait a second, I, I need to... And it's not just reading the Bible, and it's not just um, praying, which there's a lot to be said about that, but yeah. it's fasting. Oh, it's evangelizing. Worship, evangelism. There's so many different ones that... and and meditating in God's meditating word. the scriptures um there's and there's so much that we can say about the spiritual disciplines you know by themselves like individually but the interconnectedness 
of the disciplines as well. So that's right? really what helps you yeah. in college. That's what helps you in life. Mm-hmm. If you don't get this down in college, man, you're going to have a lot of headaches. Yeah. Like wait till, wait till you are a professional. Wait till you are a husband, a wife, a father, a mother. Well, it was certainly affecting me. I mean, yeah. as, as a pastor, I mean, I tell you for sure, I had some experiences with my wife where if I didn't know that I was a pastor, I would have probably just left. Yeah. And I'm being honest. And, you know, she said the same thing. If, if we weren't as invested in ministry, we yeah. probably would have just given up on each other. And that's, that's sad. Yeah. You know, that's sad. It, I mean, I did say to her, you know, I'm not leaving you because of Christ and uh, for, for the reasons, the issues that we had. And, um, but I think if I'm being honest, it was because I know that I was in this position yeah. in ministry where I was like, this is going to affect everything. So I need to fight harder. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I realized, oh my goodness, like what a flaw in my life that I have been avoiding this for yeah. such a long time. Um, journaling. Like I had never once yeah. journaled before reading this book. Yeah. I thought journaling is for people that don't have any more time in their lives. You know, <laughs> there's so much time to kill. They'll yeah. journal. Uh, I thought it was weird. I thought it was only girls do that. You yeah. know, I was like, I'm going to journal. You draw some pictures and stuff with it too. Some flowers. And- <laughs> I, I, I don't journal every day, but I journal every week. I yeah. journal minimum and, you know, minimum two to three times a week. Yeah. I don't always have time to sit down and, and journal. But I always have time to read God's word and I always have time to meditate in God's word. Um, So what happened in my marriage is uh, once I experienced this class, once I experienced uh, the reality of the lack of the disciplines in my Mm -hmm. life, I was able to address the real issues. And my wife has been following me better as a leader. And I, because I'm worthy to be followed, I am, I'm, does that make sense? Absolutely. So my, my wife and I, you know, we've been doing ministry for a few years together as well. And uh, my wife, you know, so we're, we're Cuban background, and, you know, the Hispanics, we don't hold back. And, and she'll literally, you know, at, at points in, in, our, in our marriage, you know, will tell me like, hey, I, I see how God works in and through your life, but practice what you preach, Ooh, you know. And, and it's so true, though. You know, even in ministry, we have to be reminded that. And even for a believer, right, mm. even for one of the, you know, the, even the bring it back with the college students, because we get those college students. I've been raised in a church all my life, you know, maybe even a Baptist church. We don't get too many Baptists at UM because we're not the South. But, um, you know, I've been raised in a church all my life, yet they're babes, right? Mm. They're, they're so young, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they think that they know everything, but they're not applying the scripture to their lives, right? They're mm. not, they're not applying, they don't, they're not taking this in as life itself, um, even, even the discipline of memorizing scripture, that was part of the one of the ones that I most wrestled with and struggled with. And I'm still like, it's just, it doesn't come to me as easy for some reason, you know? So right. I, you, the, you do remember the lyrics to, uh, <laughs> yeah, right? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but <laughs> exactly. you don't remember. The, you went God's there, right? Word. You went there. You just put uh, it I, anyway. This youth pastor, bro. Come All on, right. you know? So. so, but even memorizing scripture, you know, how you equip yourself for the fight, right? For the battle, mm-hmm. for those moments when you're arguing or you're, you know, struggling in a marriage or struggling in a relationship or struggling with, you know, some sort of sin struggle or whatever it might be, you know, how are you equipping yourself, arming yourself with the word of God yeah. stored in your heart and mind? Um, even journaling, you know, I know that, that you know, uh, 
Dr. Whitney, he he kind of says it in that chapter where like you can't really say that this is like a biblical prescribed right, right, right. spiritual. And discipline. I love that. He actually takes yeah. time and says, Hey, this is not biblically prescribed, but But you look at our you look at the, the church fathers, you look at, you know, everybody I mean, you look at the people who wrote the Bible, right? You yeah. can almost say they were journaling what God yeah. was telling them, right? Yeah. Um and it's so important. I'm, I'm the same way. I don't journal every single day. You know, I, I try to journal as, as much as I can, you know, once a week or, uh, you know, a few times a month. Um, but it's so important that you're even writing down those things that God has pressed to your heart. And what's funny is from that usually comes like good either conversations, like after you journal, after you read the word, how God uses that, yeah. you know, in your day-to-day life, right? As you have a witnessing, an evangelism opportunity, how you use something that you maybe have read in the word that you have memorized that you've journaled right whatever it might be you'll use that in a regular context right yeah. how god uses the extraordinary power of his word um to do you know to work kind of in the ordinary parts of your life yeah you know so i guess you know you're not lost yeah. you're, like not all is lost if you're yeah. in college if you're out of college um, it really is a matter of discipline. Yeah. It's, a, it's a matter of holiness, I guess. I'll plug my own channel. There you go. But it's a, it's a matter of realizing God is holy. Yeah. Uh, you are called to be holy. Pursue holiness because you have been made holy. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's hard. It's not going to be easy. Sometimes you're not going to want to do it. Sometimes it's hard. But this is what will set you apart. Literally, the meaning of the word holiness is set apart. Set apart. This is what will set you apart. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, man, I love I love that 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 there, there's hope. There's hope Absolutely. for for you know for people, and it's easy. It's not yeah. complicated. It's not like we really just make it so hard. Yeah. And and I always tell students, and this is something that can be applied to our own lives. You know, um, whatever like sacrifice you think there isn't that, man, like the blessing outweighs it. Yeah. A thousand times, yeah. right? Um, how God, man, blesses that pursuit of holiness. Mm. He blesses your pursuit of being spiritually spiritually disciplined. Um, man, I see it all the time where college students, maybe they did struggle. Maybe their, their first, second year in college, they did have that identity crisis of everything was academics. Um, and they get to this point where they say, man, you know what? I want to prioritize my relationship with Jesus. I want to prioritize my relationship with with others, right? That's one thing we we love doing on campus too yeah. is discipleship. And obviously we can say that everything that takes place on a Tuesday night service, like you talked about earlier, you know, fellowship, worship, preaching of the word, time of response. Sometimes we have discussion questions as well. That's all forms of discipleship. But we're talking about deeper than that, Bible study, one-on-one, maybe groups of three, four, same gender who are engaging in life-on-life discipleship. Yeah. Um, we try to encourage those things. But even that, right, it's it's so important to pursue that, right? And yeah. not let academics or not let whatever excuse get in the way. Because at the end of the day, they will fade away. Like at the end of the day, yeah. your spouse will not stay married to you because you had good grades. Yeah. Your you know, that's that's a big statement. I'll let that sink in for a moment. Yeah. You know, uh, your job will not keep you, your church, yeah. all of this thing. It's not, your grades, Yeah, they will not sustain you. I mean, I even go as far as to say, even like your future employer, yeah. in some regard, doesn't care about the fact that you stayed up till 5 a.m. studying Oof. to get 
an A instead of an A minus in a class. And yeah. you know what? At the end of the day, whether or not you invest in your life, yeah, that's going to set the difference. Absolutely. That's going to that's going to really going to set the pace for yeah. everything else. And you will avoid a lot of headaches. You will certainly be able to find true fulfillment mm-hmm. uh, if if you if you truly do pursue God in that way. Um, so if you're in college and you're hearing this, I, I would say, man, you're, you're not lost. You're, you you can't. I mean, well. If you're a follower of Christ and you just find it in your life that you're continuing to have this dud-like Christianity, you're kind of like that person that I was talking about. I just want to be a Christian Buddhist. Yeah. You know, I've been practicing those disciplines. I would say, well, go and realize that Christ does call us to, to follow him. And, and so to, to uh, follow him would mean to practice those spiritual disciplines. He I mean, he practiced them, you know. He did himself, yeah. He, he, he was, you know, he fulfilled the law. Yeah. And so we, we ought to. If, that's what I'm saying. Even for the, the, young, the young teenager who asked you about like, the, the Christian Buddhist, like, man, like, if you look at Jesus' own life and how much time he spent, you know, in prayer and spending time with the Father, like, man, we can model so much things that were given to us. You know that that were example to us, exemplified yeah. to us. The problem say, is, you know? you're you're playing video games all day, or you're right. pursuing something and, else. And that's you know that's the thing too. Like at the end of the day, even even for the students that are coming to me saying like, man, Andrew, I can't, you know, I, I can't do this. You know, I can't be this involved in the campus ministry. Or hey, I'm going to be involved in the campus ministry, but I'm not going to go to to church. Or or hey, I, I just in the season I can't be reading the word because I don't have time for that. Oof. You know, I, I gotta. I got to do good in my, yeah. in my school. That's why I say like, hey, I want you all to do good. But what are the other things in your life too that you're just putting so much wasteful time and energy yeah. into that are taking you away from the word of God or from the gathering of the saints? Well, you know? well hold up. Well, you think about this for a moment. And uh, I, don't, I think I talked about this with someone, maybe Marquis in another episode. I may be repeating myself and that's fine. I don't know. I don't keep track of these things. But you think of Joshua. Mm. And Joshua is told by God, you know, uh, you know, keep this word, do not depart from it, do yeah. not look left or right, you know, and it's meditate in my word day and night, you know, that's yeah. a big statement. So you imagine Joshua in the middle of the war, in the middle of the battles, and he's commanded by God to meditate in God's word day and night. Yeah. And that's not an if and when you have time, that's a day and night thing. It's yeah. like, you always do this. Uh, you imagine him in the battle, you might, hey guys, sorry, I, I just, I have to retrieve for our two hours because I have to meditate in God's word. Maybe we, maybe we're not thinking about meditation in the right way. Hmm. Um, or can you imagine him saying, Hey guys, uh, I don't have time uh, right now because uh, you know, it's like there's people approaching with oh, guys. It's uh, 3 PM. I can't right now. And so it, it wasn't legalistic. Yeah. It wasn't like that. Meditating in God's word. It's more than that. It's like, you're trying to figure out what's the past. Yeah. Like you're, you're trying to mutter almost like you're thinking about what the yeah. next word is. What, what is it? Like what, what's God? Like I'm always continually thinking about God's word in everything that I'm right. doing. It's yeah, not think, emptying my mind. I think, you know, Don Whitney, I think he says something about like putting it in the forefront of your mind. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't have That's from the Shema really. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, from the Shema. Right. So, when you Deuteronomy really th- chapter 6, verse 4. Ooh, For those of you. Come on. Say it in Hebrew now. Uh, Shema Israel Adonai. Adonai. I think it's something like that. So, uh, so yeah, you know, I, th- I think that's that's a, a great place to go to. Because I think, you know, there are things that are in the forefront of our minds mm. that are not matters of holiness. You know? Um, 
I think that there's things that consume us yeah. and consume college students, you know, and, and even when you're not being consumed by those things, they're, they want to take breaks from the, you know, the academics and stuff, but they're turning to video games or social media yeah. or pornography, right? Or, you know, shopping or whatever it might be for doom scrolling, I mean, politics, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it might be. So even even if you are struggling with like, man, I have so much on my plate. I'm so busy. Right? That's right. the thing we hear all the time with this generation. I'm so busy. We say it too. We are the uh, busiest generation that does nothing. Exactly. Right? So you're so busy, but then when you do have time in the day, you're not doing anything productive with mm. it. You know? And I'm saying this from even personal example, right? We I all mean have I'm, that. I think I told you, you know, that I'm you know, I'm kinda of taking a fast from social media, trying to make sure I'm using my time a bit more productive. Cause I do see myself, you know, kind of using it like scrolling endlessly for no no apparent reason. Um, but the second you remove the distraction of social media, something else will fill that spot if you're not intentional with it. Just yeah. going back to even what the book says, right? If you're not being you know, if you don't have a purpose behind a fast, for instance, from a social media, from food or whatever it might be, um, if it's not a purpose of pursuing the spiritual disciplines, then what's the point of doing them, yeah. right? So take a break from things, but fill that time with productive things like the spiritual disciplines, right? Yeah. Um, even even for our own sake, right? Like even for our own health and fitness sometimes, right? Like, man, are you, are you like taking a break from social media to just like binge eat or whatever it might be, you know? Um, yeah, man, like, like I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm switching social media for, uh, you know, watching Friends on HBO. Exactly. So. <laughs> you know, yeah, watching more Netflix or whatever it might be. Um, there's all these different things that we have to make sure that we're being purposeful with, with yeah. the time given to us. And yeah, like, you know, not using the excuse of I'm so busy. Because when you're ready to sit down, if you count the minutes in the day that you're using, I think we'll find out that we're not as busy as we think we are. <laughs> well, I want to end it with that, bro. That's a, that's a powerful statement. I, I mean, we could keep talking for two yeah. hours. But then no one's going to listen to this. Uh, our 23 or 25 subscribers <laughs> will we'll say, okay, that's enough. Uh, but I just want to say, bro, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I would love to have you back. Maybe, uh, you know, next time uh, you're wearing the same clothes again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just messing. But I just want to say, for, for real, thank you. And uh, uh, I just want to encourage you to keep going, man. Yeah. Thank you for uh, literally working on behalf of Southern Baptist Churches here in Florida, here at, the, uh, at UM. and literally doing what you're doing reaching yeah. discipling and mobilizing so thank there you go. brother see i remembered yeah, I, I held it so and that's a matter of holiness thank you guys